Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. be uh, continuing our series that we call The Good Life, and uh, today is the last message of that series, and uh, if you missed any of it, man, I hope you'll go back and, and listen to it. Uh, it's been about eight weeks, but next week we're starting one called uh, You Talking to Me. It's going to be really cool uh, for the next couple of weeks, but I want to admit to you right off the beginning here that I, I have a problem that I, I, I had a, I have it all, I've had a, a long time in my life, to be honest with you. I, I thought that as I got older, this problem would get better, but it hasn't. And, and maybe you have this problem as well, and that problem is actually concentrating. It's focused. Anybody else ever had that problem? Yeah, yeah, there's, okay, all the people here like me do, the rest of you, God bless you. But I remember uh, being in, in like elementary school and the teacher's writing on the board, you know, and, and as I'm going in and out because while she's writing on the board and we're supposed to be doing math, I'm riding a motorcycle. Like, I mean, I am in that world. I, I don't even have a motorcycle, but I'm dreaming about the one that I want. I'm daydreaming about it. And I'm riding it. And she's like, Jeff, you can join us now. I'm like, oh, okay. And so when she said that, I parked my motorcycle and come back to class, you know. But I mean, I, I've, I've struggled with that, and, and it's no secret, uh, you know, I, I've had attention and deficit disorder a long time. And, and you know, as I've gotten older, I've learned how to sort of manage that a little bit better. But what, what is, what's amazing to me is that our, our culture has, has created a lot more distractions. Like, you know, like our, our cell phones, like, you know, now I have a ringer for a, a ringtone, you know, that rings. And then when I get a text message, I got a dinger for that. And then, you know, when I get a, an email, I've got a little bike horn that beeps at me. And so constantly there's someone always wanting my attention and something. And, and I would say, you know, there's a lot of other distractions as well. And, and so I have to do very, I have to work really, really hard at trying to concentrate. Matter of fact, I, you know, our, our, as our church has grown, the office gets busy through the week and and so now I've had to actually uh, move into my home office at home because, you know, there's a lot of people that come by here. And when people come by and I hear one of you come by and I hear your voice, I want to run out the door and say, hey, how you doing? Tell me, how's your mom and them? You know, that's just the way I'm creating. I mean, I love people, you know, I want to talk to everybody. So, and, so I have to get in, in seclusion, basically, and to study, to concentrate, and to focus. And, and so I don't know about you, but, but what I do understand is this, is that if we're going to succeed in life, and that's what I want to talk to you about today, is that we have to eventually learn how to get to that focused part of concentration. And so on your outline, I actually put this because I want you to carry it with you on your outline. I have, a, I have a sentence here that I'd like for you to read with me, and look what it says. It says, when I evaluate, I know what to, and then I can fully, and that's what I've found to be true, is that, that I have to evaluate do some evaluation so I know what to eliminate because 
I can't concentrate if everything's there. There's too many things buying for my attention. So I, so I have to say, okay, what, what do I need to eliminate that I can concentrate? And so today I want to give you three things that I think is going to help you that, I, that I'm practicing and that I didn't, I, listen, I love to tell you I come up with this, but I didn't. The majority of everything I've got in my life has come out of the Bible, and I'd like to break you, take you to the Scripture as well. So let's just draw, uh, number one, let's go ahead and write this down. Number one is this, is evaluation. And so what you'd write, like you to write this down is facing my faults. Would you write that down? Facing my faults. We're talking about evaluation. Now look what Paul says here. Again, you know, we, I, I gave you all the background of him the first week of this series. So if you missed it, uh, you can go back and listen to that. But he says this, he says, not that I've already obtained all this. Now, what is he talking about? He's talking about all the teaching that he was just, had been giving us. So not that I've obtained all this, or have already been made what? Perfect, okay? I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. So this guy, Paul, who wrote the new, uh, pretty much the majority of the New Testament, God used him to do that, was saying that I myself am not perfect. And, uh, you know, for him to say that, like he... He, he had a lot of accomplishments in his life. He had, he had basically single-handedly spread Christianity all through the Roman Empire and had a great impact on the world. I mean, if anybody could say, you know, I got this together, I've arrived, it was this guy. But what he was saying is, I, I've not arrived, I'm not perfect, I'm still growing, I'm still learning. And I think that's one of the, the principles of success is that successful people are always growing. You know what growing means? It means I'm working to get better, right? If I'm working to get better, then that means I'm going to continue to grow. But the moment that I feel like, you know, I've arrived and, and nobody can tell me anything, then that's the moment that you're declining. You're not growing anymore. You're dying. Uh, and so here's another uh, secret of success is self-evaluation. Is, and that means becoming self-aware. Successful people become self-aware of the things in their life that are, that are problems for them, that are not good. Successful people begin to, to analyze themselves. And I want to challenge you, and that's what Paul was saying, you know, is that we have to analyze ourselves. I'm not perfect at this. And so uh, when we have self-evaluation, we become honest with the areas that we struggle. We admit our problems, in other words. Is that, you know, isn't it amazing how easy it is to point out other people's problems, but it's so hard to detect our own and to admit our own. But you can't listen. Let me, let me help you watch this. You can never, ever get over a problem that you're unwilling to admit that you have. Matter of fact, until you're willing to admit that you have a problem, you're helpless. God can, the supernatural cannot even help you until you admit you've got a problem. And so once you admit the problem, then, you, then you're able to, you know, evaluate. And then God can help you and other people can help you as well. You can get help once you admit it, but you have to admit it. And I want to tell you that this is a struggle for many of us. And the Bible says it this way. Look what the Proverbs 28 says. Proverbs says this. You will never succeed in life if you try to what? You try to hide your sin. You try to hide your sin, confess them and give them up. And then God will show you what? To show mercy to you only when you admit them and admit it you know how we try to hide you know how we we try to hide our sins or we try to hide our problems is we point to everyone else's don't we remember maybe i don't know if you had siblings growing up or not but i did in my home 
And when, when any one of us got called out, you know, we pointed to the other one, right? Well, what about them? They did this. Oh, I know you probably never did that, you know, in your life. But it's amazing how that's, a, that is, if you'll notice society today, that's, it's peaked at that, right? It's never anyone's fault. It's someone else's fault. And so that's, that's the culture that we live in. But I'll tell you this, is that you can never change until you begin to look internally and find out what's going on with you. Now, I'm going to be transparent with you, as, as I try to be with you so you can learn from me, but I, I had an issue in my life that I didn't realize that I had, and I had, a, I had an anger issue, and I, I had to find out what was causing that. I really didn't even understand it, but what was causing that anger issue is I walked around with this attitude that said this, is that, you know, you owe me. And, and let me just show you how it can get out of hand, okay? And I had to, I didn't really, I didn't understand it, but I had to become self-aware, and it's helped me, and my life's got a lot better. One, one year, I, it was my birthday, uh, years ago, my kids were smaller. They did not acknowledge it was my birthday. My kids didn't acknowledge that. Because I have this inside of me, you know, you owe me. My mind backtracked to every good thing I've ever done for my kids. It did. It just went by. I mean, it, 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 it took a long time to go through all that stuff. So I said, oh, no. You're going you're to buy me a gift for my birthday. And, uh, you know, uh, their grandparents had given them money. You know, they had money. I said, so you go up there and get your money. I mean, go get them. Jeff, Ron said, Jeff, what are you doing? I said, no, I got this. Loaded them up, took them to Target, and made them buy me a birthday present. You owe me a birthday present. You're going to buy me. Now, now am I, we laugh about that now, you know, but that was about the dumbest thing a parent could do. But I did it. You know, I, I, I make mistakes, and I made mistakes. And again, the kids now, they say, Dad, do you remember that time you made us buy you a birthday present? That's right. Don't ever forget it, right? Don't forget my birthday. I did that, you know. But I, but I had to, I had to, I'm telling you, and here's, maybe you, you need this. The greatest cause of anger is walking around with, you owe me. You owe me. When you walk around with that, you will never, ever be at peace with people in your life because you think that they always owe you. And so keep that in mind. And so I have a question for you today. Is this, what do you need to come clean with yourself about? What do, you, what do you need to come clean with yourself about? What is it in you that, you know, that you've got an issue and you've got to come clean and, and you can't get better until you admit it? This is it. I've got this. So I put a next step for you to help you. Look what it says. It says, I will do my best to change what I know I need to change. All right? Would you, would you check that box? We've got to pray for you because that's a spiritual matter right there. So as people say, well, Pastor, we're, I just don't know where to change. I say, okay. What do you know you need to change at? Well, I need to quit screaming. Okay, that's the start right there. Stop screaming, right? Or I need to quit, you know, doing the silent treatment. When people get mad at me, I just get silent, you know. And so quit pouting. Whatever it is in your life that you need to do, then start there. And you already know. You don't need me to call it out. Some of you say, well, he didn't name mine, so I'm good. No, you're not. No, you're not good. You jacked up, just like me. That's why we're here. We're learning together. We're going to get better together, amen? amen? We're getting better. I prayed for you to get better. I prayed for you every day. God gets you. He helps you get better as I'm getting better. Okay, so let's go to the second thing. Number two is this. Would you write this down? 
is elimination. Elimination, that means letting go of the past. Elimination, that means letting go of the past. Now, after you write that down, I want you to look back to the top of your outline, and I want you to look at that sentence again because I hope that you'll remember this sentence because it has power for success or succeeding in life. So let's read that, that little sentence at the top of your outline. You ready? Come on. When I evaluate, I know what to eliminate, and then I can fully, can fully concentrate. So we've got to evaluate. So that's what it is. It's becoming self-aware. And then Paul says the next thing is elimination. So here's what he says. Look what he says. He says, but one thing I do, let's read that one thing he says he does. You ready? Let's read this underline. Forgetting what is Forgetting what is behind. Now again, this guy Paul, out of all the people that you know and I know, especially person in the Bible, had a lot to get over. He had a lot of regrets in his life. In his B.C. days, that was before Christ days, and, and you got B.C. days in your life too, and so do I. Before Christ days, this guy actually, he persecuted Christians. The people that were Christ followers... He had him uh, beaten, he had him arrested, and he even gave his approval for son to be murdered. And he watched, them, watched that happen. And now he's arrested in jail. He's become a Christ follower himself now. He's in jail. And you know that when you spend time by yourself and you can't go anywhere and you can't do anything, all of a sudden you got time to think, right? That's why the majority of us stay busy because we don't like thinking too much. Right? I mean, it's scary to think too much. So while he's in jail, he's thinking about all this stuff. And guess what's going through his mind? is all that stuff that he regrets. It's going through his mind. And so he comes to this conclusion. He says, you know what? In order for me to go on, I've got I've to learn to forget the things that are behind me. And that is a challenge for you and I. Now, here's what I'll tell you. What we learn from him is we have to choose to learn from our past and then let it go. Did you hear that? We have to choose to learn from our past and let it go. I want to let you in on something today that I think that, that's going to open your eyes up. Are you ready for this? This has the potential to change your life. The devil, your spiritual enemy that hates you, the one thing that he uses to hold you back is your past regret. He uses, he uses I wrote this down, he uses, he uses our past to paralyze us. What, listen to this. He manipulates us with our painful memories. You agree with that? Amen. Here, here's what I'm, When you get ready to move forward, anytime that you get ready to, to try to take a, a, another step forward, the one thing the devil is going to do to you is he's going to bring up all your regrets, all, your, all the things that you did wrong, that you did wrong in your life. He's going to bring all that up and so that you get to feeling sorry and you get discouraged and that you don't take the step forward. You ever been there? Every time he brings up the things that we regret, right? And, and listen, we all got regrets. I mean, shoot, from the time that we was in, you know, elementary school, middle school, high school, college, I mean, to the present day, we, we just have regrets all through the eras of our lives, don't we? And so the, the devil's got a lot to choose from, does he? And so that can hold us back. And so here's what I want to tell you. Watch this. Is that we have to learn. To learn from our mistakes. Learn from our past regrets. And then move on. And then move on. Look what the Bible says. Now this is God actually speaking in the Old Testament. Isaiah, he says this. He says, forget the what? 
Forget the former. This is God speaking. Forget the former things. Now let's read out loud what's underlined. You ready? Come on. Do not dwell on the Do not dwell on the past. Again, this is something that I have to learn. He says, don't dwell on the past. And the last part of this, he says, see, I'm doing a new thing. Again, I want to be transparent with you. There's been many times that as I prepare to talk to you, I do spiritual warfare. You know what that means? That means that when I'm preparing to talk to you, you know, and I'm, I'm banging it out all through the week trying to say, I'm begging God, God, help me to give them something that's going to help them. I want their lives to get better, God. And as I'm planning that, you know, as I'm preparing, planning to prepare for you, you know what the devil is doing to me? Is he saying, well, who are you to talk about that? How dare you talk about that? Remember when? It's amazing how something from, from the time when I was in middle school can pop up in my mind. And that's been a long time for me. I know it didn't look like it, right? I mean, it looked like, hey, that guy's young. No, that's been a minute. I think we were riding dinosaurs when I was in middle school, you know? But I'm just saying, I'm just saying, it's amazing how, with me, that happens with me. So I'm telling you, the devil, the greatest spiritual warfare you're going to fight is your memories. Would you agree with that? And so you, you got you to gotta face it. Listen. It's not just you. I want you to, it's not just you. you got to face it. When, those, when you're trying to move ahead, when you're trying to go forward, and all those things pop up in your mind, you got to realize that's the devil. Amen? It's not God. God didn't bring it. God forgives our past. He, he don't remember it anymore. It's the devil that does that. It's spiritual warfare. you got to remember that. Now, know what he said. He says, so we're forgetting the former things. We do not dwell on things of the past. See, I am now doing a new thing. Oh, watch this. Here we, here we go. This is what the devil knows. And other, not only the devil, but other people in your life that say things to you about your past. He uses other people sometimes, doesn't he? Sometimes, he, sometimes the devil knows that it ain't just enough to bring it up in your mind. He needs to use, it a, he needs to use somebody else's mouth to say something to you. You ever been there? Somebody say something to you, you know, straight out of the pit of hell, right? You, you done forgot it, and you just want to say, get thee behind me, Satan. <laughs> I better not go any further with that, okay? <laughs> but it's true. I mean, they want to do, do that. So here's what I'll tell you. Watch this. You can never embrace the new thing as long as you're holding on to the old thing. Did you see that? That's why the enemy of your soul... And the people that want to bring you down are always going to point you back to your past failures, your past regrets, your past mistakes. Why? Because if they can keep you holding on back here, you're never going to embrace the new that God's got for you there. And so I'm telling you today, what do we do with our past? We learn from our past, and then we move on from our past. Listen, I cannot stop the memories of my past. Can you? I can't stop them, but this is what I've learned to do. Is I don't, even though I have the memories of my past, I don't have to hold on to the pain of my past. Did you hear that? It don't have to hurt as much anymore because I know that God's forgiven me. And not only that, but I've grown as a person. I learned from it. I became better because of it. It hurt when it happened. I'm sorry I did it, but I'm not the same man. And you're not the same man or woman anymore. We are, we're, we're walking toward the new thing, right? Yes, and so are you. Dear God, if I, could, if I could just take what's inside of me and put it inside of you, you'd be like a superhero. You, you're better than you've been told you are. 
Did you, did you hear that? You are better than you've been told you are. You have told yourself you're no good because of that, but God says, no, let go of that so you can take hold of this. And you're better. You're better than that. Look what Jesus said. Jesus said this, Luke 9, 62. Jesus said to him, anyone who starts to plow and then what? Keeps looking back. Keeps looking back is of no use to the kingdom of God. I love what my friend Brandon Keller said a long time ago. I never forgot this. He says this. He says, you know what? It's okay to have a past as long as you don't let your past have you. Amen? You know what I've discovered? Watch this. Here we go. Watch this. How, how do you move on? Because that's it. How do you move on? Here it is. The way that you move on from those bad memories is that you choose to grow from it. You choose to get better. Yes. Did I make mistakes as a parent? Yes, I did. Did I make, have I made mistakes in my marriage? Oh, yes, I have. You can't be married and not make mistakes, can you? That's right. Just ask your spouse. They'll tell you. You've jacked up. That's right. You have messed up. You know what? As a child, listen, as a child, I have messed up with my parents. Oh, yes, I have, and so have you. Everybody. So we all, we, are we in agreement? All of us in this room have made mistakes in our relationships. Are we in agreement with that? Even before Almighty God, I have messed up in my relationship with Almighty God. How about you? Okay, I've done that. But here's what I want you to know that I'm, I'm learning. I want you to learn today is that, yes, I'm, I messed up. And way back there, I did these things that I shouldn't have done. And, you know, as a parent, as a husband, uh, as a child, you know, I, I messed this up. But I have chosen to learn and I've chosen to get better. So just because I was a screwed up dad back then doesn't mean I have to be a screwed up dad today. Just because I was a screwed up husband back then doesn't have to mean, mean that I'm a screwed up husband today. Just because I, I was bad to my parents parents when I was a teenager doesn't mean I have to be bad to my parents today, right? And just because I was bad to God back then doesn't mean I have to be bad to God right now. No, I, I'm going to get better and I'm going to learn from my mistakes and I can be better. And so can you, right? You don't, listen, you don't have to keep being a jerk. You can get better. You can, get, you, can, you can be better than you are. You're not your best yet. You're not where you were, you're right. You're not where you were, but, but, and listen, and if you keep holding on to that, you will never get better. You'll stay where you are. You've got to let go of that and get better. Choosing, what does it mean for you to get better? Does it mean that you've got to go to counseling? Well, go! Do whatever you got to do. Does it mean you got you to find better friends? Then find better friends. Do whatever you got to do, but you can't stay where you are because God's got a new thing and you want something different in your life. He said, let go of the past so I can show you a whole new future. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> okay. Number three, let me give you this one. The third thing, if you haven't already guessed it, is, of course, concentration and that means focus on the future. Focus on the future. Focus on the future. Again, this guy Paul writing, look what he says. Going back over the verse, he says, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind. Now let's read what's underlined. You ready? And straining toward what is ahead. Are you going toward what's ahead? Hard to move forward, you keep looking back. 
I pressed on to the goal. Look at this. I pressed on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. What he was saying is, you know, successful people are goal-oriented people. That means they're future-focused people. Paul was saying, find out what you're good at. He was saying, find out what counts and then make it count. Find out what counts and make it count. Every, listen, if you want to be a professional, you have to get focused. You, you, you cannot be good, you cannot do everything and be good at anything. You agree with that? You, you, can, you just cannot be good at everything. You have to choose, what do I want to be good at? If professional uh, ball players, you know, like a golfer, you know, he works on taking swings, practice swings with his golf club. He doesn't, he doesn't try to be a, a football player. I mean, that would be a joke, right? And there's only been a few athletes throughout, throughout history that have actually crossed over and played both sports and, and had any longevity to them. They don't have very longevity to their careers. Why? Because it takes focus. It takes focus. You know, a pitcher, uh, uh, baseball season's going now, you know, and a pitcher, a pitcher never works on his batting average. He stinks. As a matter of fact, aren't we glad when the pitcher comes up the bat? We're like, yay, the pitcher, all right. Automatic out. I mean, serious, I mean, I'm serious, right? Because the pitcher's not there to hit. Matter of fact, in, in the major leagues, they don't even let him hit. You know? And so, so no, the pitcher's working on his ERA, right? He's, he's working on pitching all the time. Hey, you just pitch good. That's all right. We'll put up that it's an out when you come up to the plate. Maybe every once in a while you'll get a bunt, but hey. See what I'm talking about? You got to be specific. And <laughs> we had to practice this in our home. My daughter, Caitlin, who, who was up here singing just a few moments ago, when she was smaller, you know, we was trying to figure out what, what her thing was. So we had, her in, we had her in dance, and we had her in ballet, you know, all those things. You spend umpteen hundred dollars buying those little outfits. But why do they got to have 15 outfits? Okay, they're three years old. Okay, never mind. But you've been there, haven't you? And so... But, but anyway, so, so she's decided we got her in gymnastics and she's in choir. And, and you know, there's two things there. And as she's getting a little bit older, then it's requiring more and more time. And, and in gymnastics, you know, the, the people are saying, well, you know, you know, she's ready to go to the next level and start traveling. And Ron and I knew in our hearts that, nah. I mean, she was okay. I'm not saying she was bad. She was okay. But listen, when she was at home, she wasn't, she wasn't going down the hallway turning flips and cartwheels. No, she wasn't doing that. She was singing all the time. She was always, she was always in tune with music. And, and I, I remember with the day that we had to finally say, listen, Caitlin, honey, I'm sorry, but, you know, you, you got to choose one. And, 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 and so your mom and I is going to help you. It's going to be music. Listen, I want to tell you to this day, I, I, every four years when the Olympics come on, I, I can't stand it. Because every time when gymnastics comes on, she said, I want to tell you all something, Mom and Dad. I could have been right there. That could have been me. Oh, no. You killed my dreams. She told every every time. Killed my dreams. I could have been out there. I could have done music after that. But we saw what was in her heart. And praise God, come December, she's graduating with that music degree. And, 
I'll be celebrating, hallelujah, whatever God has. Her future is fantastic. My wallet will say, thank you. Lord of God. But her music, I mean, it, it, the girl would pick up a guitar. She learned it. She taught herself how to play the guitar, the piano, all this stuff. She had it. But we had to learn focus. And what I want to share with you is that your life, listen, you cannot do everything and be good at anything. That's why, that's why there's so much stress. You understand? That's why our kids are stressed out. That's why you're stressed out. It's because we're trying to do too much stuff. Let me just tell you something. You want your life to get better, then you learn to focus your life. And sometimes parents have to be parents, and it hurts. Say, listen, we've got to focus here. And you help them to do that. This guy, Apostle, uh, the Apostle Paul, again, he wanted his life to be focused. So he wrote another letter, another book of the Bible. It's in 2 Timothy. It's his last writing before he dies. And he begins to talk about how that his goal, his number one focus, is heaven. Is that we have to keep that as a focus of life. And look what he says. 2 Timothy 4, he says this, I have fought the good fight. Notice that. I have what? Finished the race. I have kept the faith, and now they're in store for me as a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Listen, eternity's real. Heaven and hell are real places. They're real places. And people go to both places. And Paul was saying, listen, I want you to know that I'm going to heaven. And that's what he shared. I fought the fight. I've run the race. I've kept the faith. Because it was his goal, his focus. Look at me just a second. It's your pastor who loves you. There's a lot of things trying to get your attention. A lot of things. And if, you don't, and if you don't keep eternity as a focal point, then you're going to make decisions that you normally would not make. I want to tell you today that if you're not a Christ follower today, as, you're, as a person who loves you and cares for you, I want to challenge you to make that decision. And there's a prayer inside of our program. It's called the prayer to become a Christ follower. We put it there because people say, I don't know what to pray. Well, there it is. You can pray that and say, God, this is me. Come into my life. This is me, God. Save me. And when you do that, we ask you just to check the box on the back of the card so that I'm praying the prayer to become a Christ follower so that we can pray for you. And here's what else is important. Unless Jesus returns in our lifetime, you and I are going to go by the grave. That means that we're going to die. That's the one thing that's out of all of our control. We're going to die. I read a book years ago, 20-something years ago, by author Andy Stanley. It's called The Rock. It's one of his first books. And he said this. He said, you know what? He said, Jeff, if you really want to live... Uh, he said, Jeff, I'm reading a book. <laughs> I tell you, you got you to gotta get real like me. Andy, I, yeah, me and Andy, just like that, you know? We're close, yeah. Jeff. Every author, Jeff. I read his book. He said, if, if you want to live a focused life... You always have to start with the end in mind. How do you want to end it? Over 20 years ago, I could take you to the place where I was, where I wrote down how I wanted my life to end. Not how I wanted it to end, but how that when it ended, how what I wanted people to say about me. Let's put it that way. 
I envision myself laying in a coffin. That's, that's morbid, right? That's weird. But you know, I mean, I'm a pastor. Like, man, I've done hundreds of funerals. It's been a part of it. And every time people walk by that casket and they say all kinds of stuff. It's, it's amazing what people say. And how some people have to work real hard at saying good stuff. You ever notice that? Like some people that you don't even like are going to walk by your casket and they're going to lie right through their teeth right there. Oh, he was a good man. I hate his guts, but he's a good man. You ever seen that? Okay, maybe you haven't. I have. If I ever do a funeral that you're a part of, or if it's not your funeral, <laughs> i got to get off of that. But you know what? I want Rhonda to be able to say this. I want to say that Jeff was a good man. And he loved me all the way to the end. And he was faithful to me. He cared about me. And he tried to help me to have the best life possible. I want Tyler and Caitlin, when that day comes, listen, I messed up a lot of stuff and I... But I'm going to walk by that casket and say, my daddy loved me. I never doubted my daddy loved me. And he lived what he preached. He's a man of integrity and character. I can stand here today and say, dad was that way. That's what I wanted to say. And you, some of you are going to outlive me. And when that day comes, I want you to walk by. I want you to be able to. I want you to be able to say, Jeff helped me be better. He helped me have a better life. He gave me an opportunity for a better life through Jesus. As my pastor, he loved me. He might not always knew me one-on-one, but... I could tell his heart. He prayed for me. He loved me. That's what I want you to be able to say. I'm working hard toward that. I don't want to, listen, I don't want to let you down. I don't want you to see my names in the newspaper as as done something wrong. I don't want to let you down. So pray for me because I don't want to let you down. When your time comes, people prayed by you, what do you want them to say? What do you want your wife to say? What do, you, what do you want your children to say? What do you want your parents to say? What do you want them to say? Will they be able to say they fought the good fight? They run the race and they kept the faith. That's what we want to say. Would you stand with me now? I want, to, I want to tell you one more thing before I pray for you. Would, would everybody just look at me just a second, please? This is the most important thing I think I can say to you. Please. Please let your loved one know where you stand with Jesus. Dads, please tell your children where you stand with Jesus. Moms, please, please look at your children and tell them that, listen, 
I know where I stand with Jesus. I'm okay with Jesus. If you're a teenager, you're a single person here today, please, please tell your friends or your parents or whoever where you stand with Jesus. Because there's too many times I stand over a body and the family's going, I don't know. And they're, they're tormented. Tell somebody where you stand with Jesus. Let me pray for you. Father, today, right now, in the name of your son, Jesus, I thank you so much that you're a good father. God, that there's good in, you see the good in us, oh God, and you draw the good out of us, oh God, that you're good. And Lord, you're, you're the only one that's good, oh God. And so today we thank you that we have hope beyond the grave. And God, if we were to die tonight, we know we'd be in heaven with you because you're a, you're a good, good God. And thank you so much for that. Father, I pray that you bless every person today. God, that we would evaluate and we can concentrate, oh God. I ask this in Jesus' name today. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.